instantly. And so today I want to talk about what that is. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, if you want to open there to Galatians 2, verse 20, this is the key. This is one of the keys. This is the key to being fruitful in our relationship with the Lord. Galatians 2, verse 20. Yes. You want to talk to me? We have a testimony from Jasmine. Jesus, heal me. Jasmine has been battling with um, arthritis for the past seven years. Um, within the last three years that I've come to know the Lord, then we've prayed over it. Um, he's taken little by little away from her. She started off with six joints in her body. Um, every appointment, she goes every four months. Every, every appointment, God was taking away one joint at a time. Um, we went this last one on Wednesday. And she has, um, we had stopped giving her her shots because she was given shots um, twice a week. Um, after her MRI was done in June, um, I went to give her her injection that following week. And she told me, Mom, Jesus has already healed me. I don't need my shots. So right there, I was like, okay, that is God speaking to me through my child. I stopped giving her the shots. And we went to the doctor on Wednesday. Um, they checked her out. They tested her. She has no active arthritis. And she... <laughs> No longer have to take the shots. That's good stuff. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Woo. Francis does a wonderful job of training her children in the ways of the Lord. She does. She teaches her girls how to pray and spend time with the Lord. And uh, Oh, man, that's good stuff right there. Amen. Yeah, we, that's it. That's enough. That's, that's it. That's what it's all about right there. Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so anyone here struggling with arthritis or you know someone who has arthritis, why don't you stand right where you're at? Arthritis. You have early signs or you're in it or you know someone. Yes. We're going to do one thing first. We're going to forgive Everyone that's ever hurt us. And if it's, someone, if it's someone you know and it's not you, we're going to pray that God would give them the ability to forgive. All right? Um, uh, there's a, there's a, a study that uh, a healing ministry did on root causes to, to diseases. And a lot of them, it's very unique. The, the, the spiritual manifestation of unforgiveness or bitterness can come in different forms. And one of those things is arthritis. Um, and it's just something there's a wound in your heart and that hasn't been let go. And then sometimes that gives the enemy a gate into your life. So we want to close that gate. And the way we do it is we forgive. It removes the stinger out. Um, um, holding, holding something against someone else doesn't hurt that other person. It hurts you. Amen. And so we're going to forgive. And then we're just going to pray that the Lord would just pour healing into our joints and restore. Lord, right now. We speak the ministry of reconciliation over this house. We ask that forgiveness would sweep through the room, Lord. That if there's any unforgiveness or if there's any unsettled issues or soul wounds or bitterness, Lord, we ask that you would remove that right now and pour sweetness inside of their soul right now, Lord. We ask that you would pour sweetness inside of them like honey. In Jesus' name, bathe them now. Now, Father, we ask that you would heal their joints. We ask that you would release the thing that's causing arthritis. It may be a physical, just a physical thing or it's a spiritual thing. We ask that you break whatever that tie is that allows arthritis to be there. We ask that you loosen the joints. 
Relieve the tension, relieve the stress right now. You came to set captives free, Lord. We release them from, the, from this captivity of arthritis. We bind it right now, and we throw it away. We release healing. We bind arthritis, and we release healing in Jesus' name. If you have it, I want you to try something that you couldn't do before. If it hurt before, and try it. See if it feels any better. Just right where you're at. It's your hands. Um, I was uh, at a service on healing. I really won't give him a plug, but he's awesome. Pastor Kellen, I'll tell you after service. But anyways, um, he was talking about how you can't carry unforgiveness. And I'm going to try not to cry because I'm a big baby. <laughs> but uh, I had unforgiveness towards um, my sister-in-law. And... Um, Whenever you have unforgiveness towards a female, a lot of times you'll have pain in the left side of your body. And if it's towards a male, you'll have pain in the right side of your body. And I couldn't um, use my, or my, I could, wasn't like I was crippled, but I had a lot of pain. I couldn't raise my arm. And I was just, I felt in my heart to forgive her. And so I wrote it on the paper that I forgave her and that I loved her. And immediately the pain was released from me. And I have documentation from that service on CD because I was like, praise God, you know, and that pastor, you know, is all about that. And so I'm telling you that uh, that carrying that unforgiveness will make you sick. It's true. Amen. Thank you. You know, uh, my, my mom's father, he had a real rough life. And um, as a matter of fact, I think she said that she doesn't remember him ever saying that he loved her, and uh, just, just he was raised in a harder time, and um, he had arthritis so bad that he, his joints on his hands were swollen up, it looked like his knuckles were swollen up, he had golf ball size, um, things on his elbows, on his, on his heels, he couldn't hardly walk, his knees had knots on them from arthritis, and it was, his was more self-condemnation, uh, and he carried it so bad, and the guilt of it manifested itself, and he did not know how to just release release whoever hurt him, release himself. He never felt worthy. That unworthiness just battled him to where it literally crippled. He became crippled uh, with arthritis because of unforgiveness. And, and, and unforgiveness can be for someone else or towards yourself. And it's equally poison. Now, I'm going to shift it. We're going to shift gears because this is the way the Lord's moving right now. This week, uh, maybe it was last week, Mandy was talking to me, and this is something we've talked about a lot before. Um, we believe Jesus is the healer, Amen. that it's not just something he does and decides, I'm going to do a little bit here, I'm going to heal over here, I'm going to heal over there, I'm not going to here. I'm not. It is who he is, so he can't decide not to do it. Amen. We've heard a story said, like, when you're in the, how many have children, and you go to the grocery store, and they're hungry, and they start screaming in the grocery store? <laughs> how many of you ever take a box of whatever you're buying and open it and say, here, take some of this, Right? Go ahead and eat it. It's all right. Get to the counter. Say, hey, I just want you to know I opened this, but you didn't want my screaming kid in here. So if you have kids, you know we do that stuff, right? Here's the box. I will pay for it, but just to quiet them down, right? Now, you, ca you can't go back and pay for something that was already paid for, right? How, how, how do I tell this better? <laughs> you, can't, you can't put it back and then have to buy it again or decide, oh, I don't want that now. 
Um, they already ate it. I, I, I want to put it back. I don't want it. No, it was already, you already purchased it. It's yours. You've taken possession of it. You open it. You buy it kind of thing, right? But Jesus at the cross purchased healing. So he can't say, oh, I don't want that or I don't want to use that right now. He purchased it. It's already done. So he doesn't pick and choose, well, I'm going to heal this person. I'm not going to heal this person. Or they really love me and they have favor with me, so they're going to get my healing. He is the healer. Now, that really, we really butt up against theology when you have a father in our family. Mandy's father passed away with lung cancer when we believe God's the healer. And that we received words and we prayed over him to be saved from this disease. He was a godly man. We're like, God, this, he's too young, right? Let's not let this happen. And so we really butted up against our theology. Jesus is the healer. He wants to heal everyone. But here is my father-in-law and her father dying with this gross disease that I hate. Right? So we went through this season where regardless of what happens, we believe Jesus is the healer. Now this last week, Mandy was talking to me. And, and why don't you say it? You said it really well. You want to say it? Okay, the Lord was just, um, because of that situation, then you're con my father ended up passing away. Um, because When you're confronted in a real-life situation like that, it really challenges what you believe. And if you're really bought into it with your whole heart and your mind. And so I've really been on this journey of um, just really asking the Lord, but just dealing with the thought of, but bad things happen. But, you know, but what if? And just really dealing with that because it, my dad was not healed in the physical here on earth. And um, this finally, uh, it's been almost a year and a half. And a year and a half later, um, I, the Lord began to share with me that um, just, just to reaffirm that it is his will that all be healed today. And um, the way he helped me understand that and take hold of that is... He reminded me of in scripture that it says that it's not his will that one should perish. It's not his will that any should perish. But do people perish? Yeah. And I don't want to get into the reason as to why, you know, some are healed and why not. We don't even have to go there. All you have to know is that when you approach someone that needs healing, that you can come with confidence and boldness to pray for them. Because the same that it's his will that all, <clears throat> that not one should perish, it's the same that it's his will that all would be healed. And that's the confidence. I know he did that for me so that I would, I would have that, that boldness and courage to go forth and pray for everyone, that all would be healed. And it's not our responsibility to even worry about anything other than that. Um, but, but we need to, as a house, really begin to go after that and lay hands on the sick and ask, like Jared did, whatever it's hurting, to try to move it, and just to really operate in faith in that. And um, he shared that with me. I want to share that with you all, so now we can do that. Yes. I'm going to expound. It's 2 Peter 3, verse 9 that says this. And it's, it's, uh, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. <laughs> but he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but that everyone comes to repentance. So here's what we're gonna, the topic we're going to hit for a second. Is it the Lord's will that everyone we pray for is healed? Yes. 
Is it the Lord's will that everyone in this world comes to know him? Yes. There's the answer. Uh, I heard it said, sin, uh, sickness is to the body what sin is to the soul. There's, this, there's a host, and, and sin is the host, and we want to break the power of sin. Amen? And so what we want to say and what we believe in this church is that we're going to pray for every person as if no one's ever died of the disease we're praying for. We're going to pray for everyone that doesn't know the Lord as if everyone we pray for got saved. Because that's the Lord's will. That's praying according to the Lord's will. People still have a choice whether they choose to follow him. And I also believe that people have a choice whether they're healed or not. I believe there's all kinds of variables that come into it that we're not equipped with our human mind to understand. But we don't have to understand. All we have to know is that he said it's not his will that any perish, but that all come to repentance. And that, and that, that word salvation means saved, healed, delivered. It is, it is his will. We, we, we prayed it today um, in the song that chains will be broken. It is his will that, that, that chains are broken and bondages and, and uh, habits are broken off of your life. It is his will. So from here on out, when we minister to someone... We're going to do it as if every person we prayed for gets healed, and if every person we've asked to, to get right with the Lord gets right with the Lord, and if every person with a drug addiction got set free, we're going to pray with that mindset, all right? How many will do that with me? Amen. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> um, and we're just going to be real quick, and I don't need to talk very long on this topic, but I want to talk about how we can be very fruitful. It's important that you're fruitful. When, when God created Adam and Eve, he says, now be fruitful and Multiply. Cover the earth with your, with your children, with the fruit of your love, with your offspring. Cover the earth with it. It's the same thing when we come to Christ. Be fruitful and multiply, all right? In Galatians 2, verse 20, it says, I want to read it exactly. Galatians 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Why don't you say that with me? I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And then it goes on and it says, the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the key to be fruitful in our relationship with the Lord. I no longer live, Christ lives in me. Say it again. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You see, in John 15, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And it talks about the pruning thing. Go on and read John 15. I've mentioned it all the time. It's my, one of my favorite chapters of the whole Bible because it says, abide in me and I will live in you. I'll abide in you. And if you're bearing fruit, then I'm going to prune you so that you can be even more fruitful. If you're not bearing fruit, then I'm going to challenge you. And if you don't, after that, I'm going to throw you out, right? <laughs> Basically is what it says. Read on down it. But it says, it, is, it brings glory to the Father that you're fruitful and that your fruit is a lot and that it remains. The whole context of, this, of that passage, John 15, is that you would be fruitful, bear a lot of fruit, and bring glory to the Father, and that your fruit would last, that it wouldn't spoil, that in two, two years from now, the person that you won to the Lord is still serving the Lord. In two years from now, the person you prayed for that got healed is still healed. The person you prayed for with addictions that were broken, they're still free from that addiction. That's the fruit that remains. How do we get to that kind of a fruitful Christianity? I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Say it again. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. 
2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are gone. All things become new. See, being a Christ follower is something that we are. It's not something that we do. Amen? Do you know that every one of you in this room and myself, we can live for him 24-7? Our affections and our love can be set toward him every minute of every day. Our desires can be lined up with his desires every second of every day. His will can be our default system to where when trouble comes, our default isn't fear or anxiety, but it's peace and comfort. In John chapter 17, Jesus was praying for his disciples, and then he goes on and prays for all believers. And he's like, Father, make them one. Like you and I are one, make them one. And what he was saying was, yeah, bring a unity among believers. But he was also praying, Father, make them one with, the, with us the way I'm one with you. The way you lead me and I go away and pray by myself. The way Holy Spirit came to me and sent me to the wilderness. And the way Holy Spirit led me to Samaria. The way we worked, let them operate that way with you. How many want to operate like that? The way Jesus was, where everywhere he went, he was just Jesus. He didn't do Jesus things. He was Jesus. He was Jesus to the prostitute. He was Jesus to the king. He didn't care in between. It didn't matter. He was just himself. He was the healer to the one that had a lot of money. He was the healer to the poor. He was the healer to the one that asked for it. Sometimes healer to the ones that didn't ask for it. He was just himself. How many want to be like that? <laughs> I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Amen. The Lord is trying to sync up our spirit, our mind, and our body. To bring into agreement our spirit, our mind, and our body. You know, you're, you're made up of three parts. Your spirit, your mind, your body. We're not just one-dimensional cre- creatures. You know, our body's going to die. <laughs> our body's going to die, but our spirit's going to live on. Our soul's going to live on. Our mind is also another part of us, right? There's three parts to us, spirit, mind, and body. And the Lord's trying to sync those things up. To even to the point where it says in Galatians 4, verse 6, that his spirit inside of you cries out, Daddy, Father. So inside of you, when you say yes to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit comes and lives there. Now there's a baptism that comes later. But when Holy Spirit comes and lives in you, he cries, Daddy, Father. In other words, oh, Father, Abba, Father, my Father. Right? So right now inside of you, God's spirit in you is crying out to the Father, oh, Every second of the day, your spirit is connecting with the Father. Like Vanessa opened it up this morning and says, you know, we get together and we say, Lord, would you come in this place? And really the more appropriate prayer is, Lord, would you make us aware of you in this place? Would you make us more aware? Your spirit, man, is constantly aware of the Father, constantly thinking of the Father, constantly preferring the Father, constantly benefiting the Father, glorifying the Father. And that spirit is inside of you. You have to learn to allow that to be synced up and get the rest of your body synced up with your spirit, man. Have you ever heard that saying, my spirit was willing, but my flesh was weak? (laughs) I really wanted to do it, but my flesh wanted to do something else. The Lord wants to break that, that counterproductive thing that goes on inside believers where our spirit, our mind, and our body are all in different fragmented directions. He wants to sync us all up where we're just whole. Where now your spirit's crying out, Abba, Father. And then your body and your mind catch on and they cry out, Abba, Father. 
It says that uh, we have the mind of Christ. So your mind, when you come to the Lord, in the Old Testament, it says, who can know the mind of God? Who can understand his ways? The New Testament, it requotes this thing. It says, who can know the mind of God? Who can understand him? And then it says, this is in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16. He says, but we have the mind of Christ. So how many have ever been going about your day, and then all of a sudden the Lord dropped a spirit of wisdom upon you, and you had wisdom for a direction that you wouldn't have thought of yourself? That was the mind of Christ. That was your mind in connection with the Father, sinking up the rest of your body to do the will of the Father. Right? So the Lord's trying to sink our spirit, our mind, and then our body. Say your body. Psalm 84, verse 2. This is David. He says, my heart and my flesh cry out for you. Did you know that it is the Lord's will that your spirit cries out, Daddy, Father, that your mind cries out, Daddy, Father, and that your body cries out, Daddy, Father? That your flesh, how many of you have ever had an addiction that your flesh craved? The Lord wants to be that addiction. (laughs) You know how People that have had, I, I can't, you know, I, this is one of the things the Lord's blessed me. I can't speak really from a lot of experience or whatever on habits. But people that have, have certain habits, maybe it's smoking or whatever it is, there's just a timer that goes off inside them, and it's, they know. It's time i got to go outside, right? Am I telling the truth? It's okay. It's true. We don't even have to think about it. All of a sudden, bam, there's this timer that goes off in our head. I've got to go outside and have a break, right? Do you know that the Lord wants to sync up your spirit, your mind, and your body, that when the Spirit calls you, there's a check in you all. Oh, I, I just got to get away. I got to take a break with him. Oh, I just need 10 minutes outside alone with the Lord, quiet. Oh, I need to take. <laughs> He's trying to sync us up. Why? Because he wants to make us fruitful. He wants to make us where we don't do Christianity, but we become Christians. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you have a connecting call? <laughs> yep. Why don't you say that with me? Spirit, mind, body, sync up. (laughs) He wants to sync it up. Why? Because I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Say it again. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. (laughs) Say it again. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. (laughs) Have you ever heard that scripture? Christ in you, the hope of glory. What am I talking about? I'm talking about living this life thing out. Have you ever tried to, to do the right thing before? You tried to do it. It's hard when you try to do stuff. You know, the other day, I don't remember if it was Josiah or my brother or someone said, I don't know who it was, a friend of mine. And they said that they were going to try something. I said, maybe Josiah. I talked to him like a man. I'm like, dude, the word try is for quitters and it's for weak people. I'm going to attempt to live for the Lord. No, you're not. I'm going to try to kick this habit. No, kick the habit. I'm going to try to do the right thing and forgive. No, just do it. Don't try. I'm going to try and be a Christian. No, be a Christian. You can't try. If you try, you do it. You accomplish it. (laughs) Amen? So he wants to sync us up. To make us consistent so that we can be fruitful and bring glory to the Father. Amen?
How many would, would say, hey, there have been times recently where I have felt fragmented. My spirit, my mind, and my body were all out of whack. The Lord wants to bring it up and sink us into the unity of the spirit, he talks about. To where we feel what the Lord feels, where we think what the Lord thinks, and where our spirit leads us where the Lord leads us. I'm talking about how you can live this thing out and be successful at it. A lot of people try Christianity and fail at it. A lot of people try religion and it fails them. Because you can't do religion from the outside in. You can't try religion. You can't memorize formulas. You can't take classes and educate your mind on religion. You can't do it. That does not lead to Christianity. It does not lead to Christ following. The only thing that will do it is, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I have been crucified with Christ. In other words, my flesh is dead. Now I've been resurrected with him, and he lives in me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of every one of us. And I like how, how I hear it put a lot. And he's looking for expression. He's looking for something to conquer. Don't raise your hand on this. But how we be honest and say, man, I've tried Christianity. I've failed at it a lot. <laughs> Don't try it. Don't live anymore. Let Christ live through you. Let him sink up that spirit, the mind, and the body. You know, there are people that are, that are just so in tune with the Lord that when his presence, now, like I said, he lives in you, but when we come together, there's something that takes place that's different that you can't get by yourself. That's why we tell people you need to go to church. Because, yeah, you can spend time alone with God, and it's great. It's okay. It's good. Can you get to heaven that way? Maybe. <laughs> but you really need the fellowship of the brother. You really, same way. Can you get to heaven without being filled with Holy Spirit? Maybe, but why try? It's easier with him. So same thing. Like, you can be by yourself and really get quality time with the Lord, and it's good. But there's something different takes place when we gather together, like this morning, and we begin to sing songs together. And all of us, we're singing the same words. And there's this sinking that takes place in here. And now your talents become my talents, and your gifts become my gifts, and your fruit becomes my fruit, and your testimony becomes my testimony. Right? Oh, it's like, <laughs> it just stirs, up, stirs it all up, and it brings this unity of the body. And we need one another, Right? We need to all be synced up in our spirit, our mind, and our body. Amen. Say it again. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I want to. I'm going to just take a poll real quick because there's some things we are going to do in the next few weeks to really equip you. How many have have been saved for less than? Two years. You've had a relationship with the Lord for less than two years. No shame. Less than two years. Well, maybe this, maybe this is the time you came back to the Lord. It's been just a few years. All right. How many has been five years or less that you've known the Lord? Awesome. Very soon... These sections are going to be full of people that raise their hand on that. They're just new converts. They're new believers. And we want to equip them so that they don't have this stumble and fall Christianity that many of us have walked through. But from day one, when they walk into this house, we're going to teach them, I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And your spirit, your mind, and your body can be synced up to where you do the right thing and you can live a holy lifestyle. 
It is possible. You can make good decisions. You can make wise decisions in your finances. Amen? Your flesh can crave God instead of other things. It's possible. Um, and a man under an inferior covenant did that. David was under the old covenant where people just couldn't come to God the way we do now. And David lived under an inferior covenant and had, had superior blessings because his heart was toward the Lord where his flesh craved God. So how come we're under a superior covenant, a better covenant? Even Hebrews talks about it's a better covenant. We're under a better covenant. How much more should our heart and our flesh cry out for him? How much more should our spirit, mind, and body just crave Daddy Father? <laughs> I think it's just wrong that, that someone under an inferior covenant could, could have blessing that I haven't had yet. And it's not wrong for them. It's wrong for me. I need to fix it and make the adjustment. How many really want to have a fruitful Christian life? You really want to do the right things, and you want to hear, well done. This is how you do it. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. Say it one more time. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. I want you to stand and close your eyes. We're going to pray together. <laughs> yes, hold the line. Just close your eyes if you would, because I want to ask if there's anyone here that your heart is not right with the Lord and you want to make things right. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. If you're here and you say, hey, I need my spirit, my mind, and my body synced up, I want you to raise your hand. <laughs> yes. Yes, Lord. Well, that's about all of us. <laughs> you can open your eyes, and we're just going to, I want you to pray for your neighbor and let the Lord guide you, and then you're going to pray for yourself after you pray for your neighbor. Prefer others above yourself. <laughs> yes, Lord. Pray with them over the topic we've talked about today. Ask them if they want to make things right with the Lord, right where they're at. Just talk to them. Lord, I ask that you would just draw us close to you. Help us very close to you. Help us not to do Christianity, but to be Christians, to be Christ followers, to be, to be like you, Lord. I ask that you would stir up inside of us passion, Lord, that our heart and our flesh would cry out for you. Lord, that our spirits, our minds, and our bodies would sync up with your spirit. That we would please you and walk after you. We release your presence to draw us close, Lord. Draw us close to you. Lord, make us fruitful, Lord. We want to bring glory to the Father. We don't want to just be fruitful. We want to be excessively fruitful. We don't want to bring back regular-sized grapes. We want to bring back grapes that two men have to carry on poles, Lord. We don't want to just do things. We want to do them excessively for you, Lord. We really want to please you and honor you, God. I re release fruitfulness over this house. Lord, we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. We no longer live. Christ lives in us. The life we live in our body, we live it to the glory of the Father. We live it for the, for the purposes of the Father. We were created for your pleasure. 
Lord, I pray that not only we fruitful, but that our fruit would remain, that it wouldn't spoil, that it wouldn't go bad, but that it will last, that it will be steadfast, Lord. Just pray for yourself now. Just pray over yourself. God will make you fruitful. Sync up your spirit, mind, and body. something we started at collide night which it's just once a month thing we do it's just worship and intercession and uh we ended it the other night um just praying in tongues and asking for god to fill people with holy spirit and we're going to end our services like that until everyone's filled with holy spirit and um i think the the easiest way to explain it and what was really i think i think it explained it well the other night was when you want to worship God and you, you want to lift your hands to Him, who lifts your hands? You do. <laughs> I lifted my hands just now. My heart wanted to worship Him, and so I lifted my hands to Him. If you want to dance before the Lord, who makes yourself dance or do whatever you do, right? <laughs> you do it. You're moved on by the Spirit of God, and then you respond accordingly. We were made to respond to Him. So in a minute, if you're filled with Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, we're going to have you pray in tongues. We're just going to pray in tongues because sometimes we don't know what to pray, and the Spirit intercedes through us. I want to say this. this is, there's a second baptism. There's the first one. You come to the Lord. You ask Jesus in your heart. Holy Spirit comes in and lives with, with inside of you. Then there's a second baptism where He comes in and empowers you. You will speak in other tongues. You'll be empowered to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. You'll begin to have new giftings. Prophetic gifts will rise up inside of you. Words of knowledge, working of miracles, signs and wonders. All kinds of things come with it. All right? Yeah. Trying to think one more thing. The tongues isn't the big part of it. It's just an initial sign. All right? And so what we're going to do is we're just going to pray. And if you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, we just want you to begin to worship God, and we're just going to pray. If you pray in tongues, just pray in tongues. And when you feel the Holy Spirit come on you, then you speak in another language. It's really that easy. It's not this big deal that you're not going to just, it's not just going to happen and your tongue's going to go crazy. Some people, that may happen. 
That may happen. That's happened before. People didn't have any control of their tongue, and like for weeks they spoke in tongues. <laughs> right? We've heard stories of people drove home and they were like drunk in the spirit. They got pulled over by a cop and they couldn't speak English to the cop. He thought they were crazy, right? Let them off the ticket. There's just all kinds of crazy stuff. The other night, so, someone said that when, when this happened, that their tongue began to swell. They felt a swelling in their tongue. Something just took place. You may feel a manifestation on you, right? But the key is when you feel the Spirit of God come upon you, that you respond. And that means you speak with your tongue, all right? So we're just going to take just a, a few minutes. We're going to tarry and do the, the thing you do at kids camp where everyone's praying and rocking and they're rocking back and forth and leaning on for hours. It's, the Bible says that they laid hands on them when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, just instantly. And so uh, we're just going to pray. And if you want to be filled, if you want to be refilled, just pray in the tongues and it'll come over you. Why do you need to speak in tongues? That's what I want to say real quick. Number one, because when you don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray for you. I like this. This is, I'll say this the rest of my life. I may sit down and say, Lord, I really need this to happen. I'm asking you to do it. And then I may pray in tongues later. And the Holy Spirit says, Lord, when he was praying that thing earlier, eh, that's really not a good idea. This is really what he meant to say. And this is really what's good for him. So here, so the Holy Spirit will reinterpret what we're praying and, and have us pray accordingly. Or when you're in a place of sorrow, you don't know what to do, Holy Spirit intercedes through you, right? Number two, it's, it's, a, it's a tool to encourage yourself. When you pray in tongues, you should pray in tongues every day in your prayer time, and it encourages you. It brings, I don't know how, it doesn't make sense, there's no logic to it, but that's kind of the whole thing we're in right now, right? There's no logic to a lot of stuff, right? It takes faith. And so um, we want to say that the third reason was, and real quick, is at the turn of the century, when, when the Pentecost happened again in Azusa Street and around the world, they literally believed that God was giving them the language of the people they were supposed to go to as missionaries. And so they believed that God called them to China. Then they would move their whole family. They would do this. They didn't go to language school because it wasn't as modern as it is now. They would go to China, and they would pray when they got there that the Lord would give them the language, and it would happen. So that's how Holy Spirit is so powerful. It's, it's so unique and different. And that's what, oh, man. So we're just going to pray just for a couple of minutes. Just pray in tongues if you can. If you don't yet, just seek him. And when he feels presence, just respond however you need to, all right? And just a little longer, if you pray in tongues, pray in tongues until you hear yourself.
want you to just praise the Lord. Just love on him. We're going to close the service out like this. Lord, we love you. We bless you. You're so good. We thank you for calling us sons and daughters. We thank you for bringing us into the kingdom for such a time as this. We thank you for empowering us. We thank you for calling us. We thank you for being near us, Lord. We thank you because you made it possible for us to be right with the Lord, to be in right relationship with God. We thank you because we are, we are walking in what you deserved and you took on what we deserved. We thank you because we have eternal life with you, Lord. We thank you because you said you'd save us and our entire households, and we're walking after that, Lord. We thank you because you're good to us, and that it's your kindness that brought us into relationship with you. It was your kindness that wanted us to be close to you. And, Lord, you continue this day to, to love us and pour and lavish your love upon us and draw us close to you. God, I pray that as we go today, wherever we go, whatever we do, that, that our presence would be with your presence, that your presence would be with our presence, that we would walk with you, that we would be intimately drawn to you and close to you, that our spirits and our minds and our bodies would be synced up, that our whole, whole body, our whole mind, our whole spirit would crave you and pursue after you, Lord, that we would cry out, Daddy, Father, Lord, in the night watches, that we would wake up crying out for you, wanting to be closer to you, wanting to have a greater revelation of who you are. Lord, that as we drive down the streets, that our soul would just cry out to you and that our, our, our mind and our body would line up and crave you, Lord. Lord, that those that have had addictions, that they would now have a new addiction, Lord, that the other addictions would be broken, that they'll have a new time clock in their head that says it's time to get away. Lord, I pray that over this house now. Just draw us. Holy Spirit, hover over us. Lord, if we have friends and family members, those of us that have friends and family members that don't know you, we call them into the kingdom right now. We say they are saved, that they are brought into the kingdom, that they will know the Lord, that they will declare his works to their generations, to their to their children's generations, Lord, that they will rise up and call you blessed, that they will call you Father as well. We call those, Lord, that have walked away to come back, Lord, for prodigals to come home right now, Lord. We release them to come home. We release them from the time of suffering and trials, and we ask that they would come home, Lord, that you would make us all right with you, Lord. And let us host revival in our families, that we can host it in our church, that we can host it in our community and the world, Lord. Let us carry your presence with us, Lord. Let me say it one more time as we go. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. <laughs> Amen. Oh, sorry. Um, first of all, he had asked if anyone um, needed to be right with the Lord or wanted to give their heart to the Lord. I want to invite you to, to come up here. I want to pray with you um, but in, in a minute. But um, I'll, today is Grandparents' Day, so I just want to say if you're a grandparent, raise your hand. Happy, <laughs> happy Grandparents Day. We honor you, grandparents, and we love you. And we thank you for being such wonderful grandparents to our children and, and, um, and to us. And I just felt like we needed to pray a blessing over grandparents. Thank the Lord for the grandparents that are in our lives. Let's just start. Let's just start with that verse. Okay? So everyone, let's just all pray together. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for the grandparents, for all the grandparents, God. I thank you for the praying prayers of the grandparents, those that know you, Lord, that have prayed and prayed for years over us. And I know they've, they've prayed over us, and they've brought us into your presence, Lord. 
We just honor them. Lord, we just ask that you would bless them, Father, where they're at, that you would just lift them up and encourage them. I know a lot of times they have a hard time because they miss their children and their grandchildren. But, Lord, I just ask that you would send your presence to just love on them and encourage them and lift them up, lift them up, Father. And we just declare over all grandparents that their latter days would be better than their former days, Lord. Their latter days, Father, may they begin to just feel in, in sense, Lord, the vitality of their role in the church and in our lives, Lord, in our families' lives, Lord. What a heritage to pass on. And we just thank you for them, Lord. We just pray out your blessings upon them, Father, and we thank you for them and praise you for them. Lord, for those grandparents that don't know you, are there any anybody in here who has a grandparent that doesn't know the Lord that you know? Raise your hands. All right. We're going we're gonna to declare their salvation. Okay? Let's go after it. Lord, we just call out for all the grandparents that don't know you, Father, yet. Lord, we just declare salvation over their souls. Lord, we ask you to just release your spirit right now where they're at. Let them just fill your presence, Father. Send your loving kindness spirit to them right now. May they just begin to sense you, be overwhelmed with your kindness, God. And may they come to repentance and come to the knowledge of you, God. And may they experience you in a way that they never had before, Lord. Real encounters, your mighty presence right now to just overwhelm them and flood them, Lord. And we just ask that you would send peace and hope, Father. The anticipation of good, Lord. And we just thank you for it. We thank you for their souls, Lord. I have a, um, the Lord just spoke to me while pastor was uh, preaching on and talking about addiction in our flesh. Um, the Lord spoke to me very clearly and said that there's several people here, not just one, but several people who view their flesh as dirty and filthy and that it cannot line up with God because it's not supposed to be anywhere near him because you see him as pure and holy and clean. So there's some, some people here that really see their flesh as filthy and maybe even have been taught that. And the Lord wants you to know that he made your flesh. Not the addiction, not the abuse, none of that. The Lord doesn't want you to identify yourself. He never meant for your identity to be wrapped up in filthy flesh. Your flesh is pure and it's clean and it's holy and it can line up. So I don't want you, the Lord doesn't want you to see it as separate, okay? And for everybody that feels that way, I would just ask that you would close your eyes right now because the Lord wants to purify that thought. This is a lining up and I think it starts with that, that filthiness that you feel for your flesh that can bleed over into your mind. You start thinking your flesh is filthy and then you're thinking, oh man, I think that my flesh is filthy. Now my mind is filthy. Maybe it's an addiction that you had. And I know this is church, but I feel like I can still say pornography. Yeah, because we're being real. Maybe you've gotten involved in that and it's caused a lie to creep in about you that you're filthy and nasty and that you'll never be pure. But the Lord is telling you that that's a lie. So right now, I just wanna pray over you. Father, I thank you that you just come. Break off that thought or that feeling inside of them, Lord, that they're filthy, 
Lord, I ask that you would come in with your forgiveness and give it to them for themselves, even in their mind. Lord, everything that was taught to them, that they were bad, that they were dirty, Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you would just break that right now. Father, I thank you that you would come in right now and just sweep over them with your goodness, your love, your purity, purity in mind, and their body, and their spirit, God. Lord, I just thank you, Father God, that they would be open to that from you. Yeah. Just erase those memories of their dad saying they're not pretty, not good enough, not smart enough, that all that would be broken off right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, come and walk next to them and let them know that you approve of them. Father, let them know that you approve of them. Give them back their identity, Lord, that they are a child of God and that they're clean and pure before you. There's no weapon formed against these people that's going to prosper in Jesus' name. We just thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bless you guys.